So, another episode. The ABC of Fita. A difficult week for us. A difficult week for the world. A difficult week for the world, but particularly difficult for us. Things are falling down. Things are falling apart. Not great. Not not so great. The letter of the week. Q. The worst of the letters. Is it the worst? Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. It is the worst. I mean, the worst. What does that mean? I don't know. What does it mean to you? Because G- the worst could be the best. But it's not there. Why not? I used to like you. Yeah? When yeah. you were young? Yeah. And then what happened? It was this special letter. It's rarely appearing in words. Yeah, it gets like 10 points in Scrabble. Yeah. But it's also kind of beautiful, especially the capital Q is so beautiful. It's, it's quite like beautiful, yeah. Like gorgeous forms. But then? But then, as with all things special, when there are overused or where you out. yeah and when you you grow older you realize that special things are actually not yeah. so special it's like it's like you start your life with like a q yeah then you are like you move into a k and then suddenly like years later you're like c for me please <laughs> <laughs> sounds complex uh, yeah because it's like you know i mean too much q is a bit like trying hard too trying hard. really too hard yeah really yeah. too hard it's yeah, a bit like, like uh, uh you know queer zines of the early zero yeah it's like ah, oh, look at me i use cues i'm special yeah and at some point in life you you get this validation through other letters yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which ones you mean, but I know what you mean about Q. Yeah. I mean, its place in the Latin alphabet is, is weird, isn't it? Because it only appears, or more or less only appears with a U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, thing. Yeah, this Latin root stuff. Um, and I'm okay, curious, do we, other... We didn't manage to find so many so many words today it's true do other what other european languages that use the same alphabet do they have q words i am um, i don't think yeah they do do they yeah i mean french does okay <laughs> um anyway yeah so q q yeah as you said we didn't manage to find many words so we have to have long um kind of pointless discussions about the few words we found. Yeah, I mean, we we have like six or seven, though, don't we? We do. And some of them are quite big, thematically. Yes, yes. Big for the society, but uh, even bigger for us. We can assure you, you will not be bored. I mean, they would never be bored. (coughs) These five people who commit to listen to our show, they're always satisfied with the results. They They are never bored. They are not five people. I refuse this to accept this thing you keep, you keep doing to our shows. 
No, it's at you're least putting 12. them down so that you don't feel hurt by the, the the fact that they're not so popular. Not realizing that if they were popular, you wouldn't like them. I wouldn't like them, yeah. You have the problem of the avant-gardist. Mm-hmm. A problem that I have to deal with every day of my life, as a feminist friend of mine told me. You deal with that every day of your life. You every go to the supermarket and you deal with the problem of the yeah. avant-gardist. Every day of my life. You go to the... I go to the supermarket and I'm like, I am a Greek person in Greece and I have to deal with the fact that there is no good cheese. Mm. And I have to deal with the Greek cheese mediocrity, which not only is mediocre, but also presents itself as special which you know this is really hurtful for me it's difficult yes is and not e- only it's that it's not easy for you is it and it's not only the the content let's say i don't like also the curation of the greek supermarket i feel like there is a significant problem there the way things are organized presented it's just it's part of not understanding how capitalism works but I would like to stop here, yeah. to stop you, because you have a tendency to meander. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. I do know. You have a tendency to for flight of ideas. <laughs> yes, I, that's, that's my problem. And let's go to our first Q word. Q word, yes. You know what? Why don't we start the Q word with the word Q, as in like queuing. Queuing. Yeah, because we were talking about supermarkets, so I think it can actually... It's a smooth transition. Very smooth transition. Beautiful word. Q-U-E-U-E. I mean, what is this? Yeah. It's almost like the word itself is like showing what the Q is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like, because <laughs> why would you why would you put so many vowels? It's difficult for me, you know, because I li- like, you know, I live half of my time in the UK and they really really like this I love cues why don't you like cues okay there is this part that I don't like that they're proud of their queuing capacities why it's nationalistic <laughs> is it yeah it's like uh, we Brits we're so good at queuing and it's like why are you proud of this you know because it shows kindness Social care, care, because it shows, um, as supposed anyway. Uh, yeah, di- dislike for the Darwinian whoever it's is true. stronger. It's true. It's a commitment to the social contract. Queuing, right? Right. I remember. I actually have a terrible story where, like, it was the first time that I saw this kind of. Like culture versus wilderness. Uh huh. Um, It was when I finished school, I traveled with uh, my childhood friends to Santorini. And there there, there is a, like, when you arrive at Santorini, you arrive at the port and you have to queue to take the the little, like, lift that takes you up to the city. And there was a huge queue of all the Europeans. Uh huh. And my best friend, Athena. She she hold she grabbed my hand and dragged me to the front of the queue, and I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And she was like, "Shut up!" And she just did it so confidently that not a single European said, "Like, lady, where do you go? There is a queue." 
They were like she was she was walking with a purpose and no one stopped her. She just went to the front of the queue and we took the lift up the mountain. And now she votes for Golden Dawn. No, she's not that one. <laughs> she's not that one. I'm just saying it because you have some childhood friends who are monsters now. Well, I mean, Athena is really lovely. Um, I mean, she works for Coca-Cola, so yeah. Um, but anyway, but she jumped the queue in that one for sure. <laughs> Athena actually is one of the people who believe in capitalism, and she was quite disappointed to see that uh, in Greece, um, the corporate culture is actually not that not that efficient, and it's kind of similar to working for you know, the public services and stuff. There is lots of nepotism and, like, st- stuff like that. Mm-hmm. As everywhere, but anyway, there is this fantasy. Oh, the private sector is so... Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, meandering. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's go to a song. Yeah. magic sound effects today we have magic sound effects because we don't have poet of the week and philosopher of the week so instead we have sound effects the next best thing so good (laughs) yeah I think it's a good substitution honestly I was thinking okay I will find some Arab uh, like philosopher I'll curse something, but you know what? It was not that easy, actually. It's okay. Um, let's take a word. You know, it's a big word. It's a big, a really big word for a me. A big Q word? Yes. And what is that? The queen. Uh, one of our favorite topics. Are we talking about the queen of England or the queen in ge- queens in general? 
I think queens in general, but let's focus on, you know... The, I mean, when you say the queen, particular. which other queen do you mean? The queen of Denmark? I mean, what is that? <laughs> the queen of the Netherlands. The queen like of the Netherlands, <laughs> what is that? I mean, you know, imagine being I the queen... quite a few Imagine being the queen of the Netherlands. Like, what is that? <laughs> Abibas. <laughs> to be honest, I think they have a king, actually. The ki- um, a king, okay. <laughs> but if, if you have a king, you cannot have a queen. I'm confused. Ah, uh, ah. No, you you can have a queen and a king. You know, this is the the, the sexism of the medieval um, uh, politics of this institution. So if you can, if you have a king, yeah, the wife is called the queen. Uh huh. But if you have a queen, yeah, the husband is not called a king because that would undermine her authority. So he's called a prince. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now you know. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, okay. Let me first say something, and then you, you can speak a little bit because you, you you have some theories. I hate, 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 <laughs> hate the royals, all royals. Uh, I hate the Greek royals that they are actually up. They have abdicated. I hate the existing royals. I find this whole concept really upsetting. <laughs> really, really upsetting. I mean, for me, it's a bit funny that you hate the queen because. It's a bit like it's so obvious to hate the queen, and usually you don't like very obvious things. That's, yeah, you are a man of mystery. I'm a man of mystery, but, but one, I like the Beatles, <laughs> and I hate the queen. These are my yeah. normcore like staples. Yeah, and interestingly, they're both related to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I also like Burger King. <laughs> well, no, Burger King is is an off royalty again. <laughs> yeah, true. Y- you. Well, I mean, I I came, I went to the UK in the mid nineties, and I studied cultural studies, as you know. Yeah, I know that. And I part of the things that we were doing uh, had to do with understanding uh, Englishness. Mm. Whatever that means, Britishness. Oh. And uh, no, I mean it's okay. I mean for me it was it was it was interesting. No, then. no. I mean, I, coming I, from I, the outside, you need to I study didn't, this. I didn't understand <laughs> it at all. I failed the first essay. Yeah, I thought I was doing really well, but I didn't understand anyth- anything. <laughs> um, and my impression of it was a little bit like that. The position is that um, that it's better to have the royals in order to cover people's hunger for mm. gossip <laughs> than to have um, a gossip n- gossipy kind of prime minister ah so that it actually it actually satisfies satisfies the need for gossip without really messing with real politics that's one position another position is that the queen offers a kind of identification to um, to a Britishness yep. without that identification having to be that you are white or born in the UK or something like this. Yeah, you're a subject to the queen. Yes, something like that. I'm not saying I'm buying these theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that especially since the Brexit times, we have not actually seen these theories sort of collapsing. Sort of like, yeah, I think I think in the nineties that was convincing because you had France that they killed the kings and stuff, 
Yeah. And then they continued by, you know, banning the bur- burqas and and so on by uh, banning and the creating the republic that was, um, you know, it's is is a very kind of, you know, it's not religious and supposedly is is, but actually and but actually uh, yeah. actually being uh, ended up being this really exclusionary kind of exactly. And then you had the UK as a different example. Um, mm. An example which, in theory, is kind of shitty because it's not democracy. Mm. But, you know, uh, maybe it was gentler. Maybe. That was the 90s theory, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the 90s So, the gossip part, kind of, I get it. Because it's true, like, the, the media is so, so obsessed with the royals in the UK. Uh, that's kind of create some sort of space for politicians to like do the job I mm-hmm. guess anyway when you use inverted commas you know that the people cannot see you yeah <laughs> they can hear <laughs> it <laughs> a I great face for the radio as they <laughs> say <laughs> yeah I, um, yeah I used inverted commas about uh, the politicians doing the job in the UK yes um, but then the 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 identification process i kind of you know i try to understand it because i've heard it from many smart people and uh-huh. i was like oh yeah and you know also france is you know not great <laughs> in yeah. terms of like nationalism and, and the politics of a republic and who can be french etc but then what is this with brexit yeah Again, UKIP and Farage, they really use the Queen as this new, this new symbol of like exclusionary Britishness and like, oh, we are being invaded. We need to go back to yeah. I the, mean, it's a it's a the it's Queen's vagina. It's a dangerous symbol, of course. Mm. It can be like manipulated terribly. It's 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 yeah. It's it it. it, it but I mean, I, 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 I thought that you wouldn't so much talk about the queen as a symbol as, as the practical side of it, like about how when one buys a house, when one buys land, it's not like totally theirs and stuff like that. And the swans? And the swans. That's, no, the swans is still stupid because, you know, it's, you can't have such a big issue with swans. I don't like it that she owns, owns the swans. swans and uh, like secretly it's... But they are ass- the swans are mostly <laughs> assholes, and you know that. It's true. She can keep them. Yeah. No, but like this is the thing. But when you don't live in a republic, when you live in a kingdom, um, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, but she doesn't have like political power. It's kind of, it it really drives me crazy. Like it's bullshit. They ev- everyone knows that she actually does have political influence um if not more than political influence like land and this Uh, yeah and and then and then in the uk you have a whole system of like you know like uh how you call it like um, not royalty but the lords and shit and it's just kind of disgusting to me it's like her inherited kind of uh, uh you know titles and shit stuff like yeah, that yeah you're back to the cultural bit then but then I, you I was wondering you would talk about as I said uh, about the practical influence because <laughs> the fact that there are lords cannot really influence your life that much can it 
what are you talking about? They what are like there is a, 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 like the lords make decisions about laws and stuff. Again, you with your uh, English nuance, you will oh yeah, but the House of Lords is progressive. Well, the House of Lords has been progressive on cases, yes, uh, where where you know people are stupid. I mean, I guess I guess. I don't like that. I don't like that. Maybe I prefer the French. Is it because you are, you are such a dedicated non-elitist? My heart will go on uh, on the elitism path, but there is a part of me that is really indignant about inherited titles and um, and this idea of like God-given rights to specific people. And, and I don't like even... I'm wondering though, and that's another thing that I told you recently, is whether this hatred you got mm. is actually Suspicious. doing them a favor. Because, for example, I, when I lived in the UK, I didn't do anything <laughs> like about it. Like, I, I mean, I my the, my way of of uh, reacting to mm. it every time it it reached my life. No was by just looking at people and having no opinion like but just like you know like when someone you know it's 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 like i can't so a sort of look of i can't believe you would put the the level of the situation so low that i cannot actually participate in this and i think it worked it's like with football you mean like you're not yeah it's like with football it's like you know i'm Sorry, not interested. You know, it's this this yeah, kind of thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not my thing. Is nice. Ah. It's like, like it's beneath me. Yeah, it's beneath me. I mean, I wouldn't say it's beneath me, but uh, you know, the best way to show that something is beneath you is by just looking at them in the eyes and let your face be the mirror of their void. I will practice that. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. 
So uh, I wanted to tell you about QAnon. Do you know about QAnon? I know nothing about this. That's really funny because QAnon brought Q into the mainstream this year. So it's uh, a f- something that started at 4chan, where all the great things start <laughs> in culture, and and it, it's it started like I think last year or the year before that, and it was an anonymous account called Q, therefore QAnon. And he was some kind of Nostradamus troll. So he was like someone who knew the truth about all the conspiracies. And it's basically a psychotic conspiracy theory that connects every conspiracy theory ever existed. So it's like really anti-Semitic. It's really like psychotic in every possible way. And in this story, there is a global cabal of pedophiles who controls the world. But they don't just fuck children. They abduct them, kill them, and they eat a little part they have in their brain that produces some like chemical that makes them immortal and gives them like some sort of high. And lovely <laughs> story. <laughs> for but like it's the the amazing thing is insanely popular globally through Facebook. It like spread like wildfire. And the story is that Donald Trump he knew about this cabal of like um, ca- cannibal pedophiles because he grew up as a billionaire um, and he didn't like it he was like oh, there is a, we need to stop this <laughs> enough this is going a bit too too much <laughs> enough <laughs> children the, the odd rape is okay but oh yeah rape is fine for Trump but, but this is this is going a bit too far now. yeah yeah even the, you know fucking children is fine but like eating their brains no <laughs> so Trump has made like basically he knew that the only way to do it is through taking the presidency but even now that he won the presidency it's really difficult because they are like in all the important positions so he has to first shut down cia shut down shut down fbi and obviously like you know the enemy is you know hillary clinton and now joe biden who to be fair like they quite fit this stereotype of a cannibal pedophile <laughs> very well and the uh, and also the part of the QAnon conspiracy is the pizza gate do you know the pizza gate no i don't 
So apparently there is one pizza place in, in America, I don't remember, I think in New York, but I'm not sure, that they actually abduct children and they take the the the, the secret the gland. recipe. Yes. <laughs> this special pizza with um, children's brains. <laughs> but yeah, to, to go back to royalty, this this there are all these things happening in the public sphere that kind of if you're a bit mad confirm part of the 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 QAnon conspiracy so like lots that's what <coughs> conspiracies do they find ways to confirm yeah exactly and, and that's how Nostradamus especially if you connect all the different conspiracies then everything will somehow exactly fit. and especially yeah because it's ambiguous etc etc but then but then this and that is when it becomes really fucked up so Trump is now like using QAnon like kind of um cute like um, things in his speeches and stuff which is really dodgy <laughs> really fucking dodgy obviously <clears throat> so he's kind of implying that QAnon things are about to happen and also he implies for example like Black Lives Matter's movement is linked to QAnon stuff or like the the upcoming election or COVID so so Trump basically becomes part of this insane kind of narrative and in the middle of all of this, Prince Andrew, the son of the, our beloved Queen of England, he decides to give an interview to reply to this accusation that he's a pedophile. Uh -huh. And he says, I'm not a pedophile because when this woman accuses me that I raped her, I was actually having pizza at Pizza Express. <laughs> oh, dear. And it's like, <laughs> are you insane? <laughs> in the middle of a global conspiracy, like outbreak in the center of which is a pizza place that is supposedly killing children why would you say on the bbc that i'm not a pedophile i had pizza like why would you do that <laughs> anyway brilliant <laughs> thank you for this and thank you i think your the audience would like to thank you in general for your for your fortune insights yeah because i think most of our audience probably don't have the emotional capacity to find themselves in there i mean unfortunately fortune is now leaking like to the real world big time like they're you know largely behind trump's like earlier campaign and now with QAnon, they're like again part of like the whole American election um, you know, situation, <laughs> and it's really, 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 really sad. So, do you think 4chan will be with us for a bit? It's hard to tell because I think after Trump came to power, you you would think they lost their like raison d'être because you know, they achieved this. Uh -huh. And also Trump could not really deliver what he promised. He could not deliver the wall. He would could not really deliver all these crazy things he wanted to, to, to he promised to his fans. So you would, you would expect they would lose their interest because, you know, in the end of the day, he could not do what he said he would well, do. Well, you would expect that if they made sense. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> The truth is out there.
Mustafa, Mustafa Ibrahim Mustafa, Mustafa, Mustafa Ibrahim We're back. <clears throat> the difficult Q episode. The difficult Q episode. But as we said, out of difficult things, interesting things emerge. Just like with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or 9-11. <laughs> Particularly edgy today. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is our new branding, people. If you want um, political correct podcast go to the bbc yeah <laughs> this is the abc <laughs> yeah what's the next word um the next word uh, of the day is uh, quality <sighs> quality now one might think that mm-hmm. this is what is this why should yeah. we like such a vague word why yeah. should we deal with this also irrelevant to our work eh? One well, say. no. I mean, before before that, I would say w- that it's just so broad. What does it mean? Mm. Um, Where shall we? Start? I have a very troubled relationship with the notion of quality. I know, very troubled relationship, and I put it down to the fact that I am a '90s child. Mm. We return to that. 
most things return to childhood, as you know. I know. Um, well, I'm not a 90s child. I'm a 90s teenager. Well, but that's important. Like, culturally. Yes. Um, quality. I mean... Well, how do you understand the notion of quality? Well, I mean, there is, for example, this quality versus quantity kind of idea. Quality versus quantity. What does that mean? It means like you can have either a lot of something or little, but something is really special. So uh, if it's little and special, that means eclectic, right? Eclectic, yeah. But so <coughs> Or premium. Are we, are we against eclectic and premium when it goes, for example, to food and cheese and... The finer stuff of life. <laughs> Tesco's finest. You buy smoked garlic. Not black garlic. Black garlic, excuse, whatever. Excuse your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You buy black garlic. You buy, I don't know, kombucha or whatever. I like, I like uh, this kind of like premium shit when it comes to food and drinks. And you like to eat chicken fried chicken i do like fried chicken but you know that it's not quality right you are the person who introduced me to this kind of notion of qua- like what like do this you mean you mean that before you met me precious formula of quality no, but you, you mean that before you met me you thought that a burger from mcdonald's and a home cooked meal carry the same nutrients for example I didn't really care. I think you introduced some formula that there are some things that they are (laughs) good. There is good quality that is not to do with the price or it has to do with the intrinsic value and the intrinsic joy they bring. Do you know what I mean? Joy? No. No, because joy, I mean, most trashy things bring joy. But you don't think of all trashy things as good. Yeah. That you are That is the difference. That is what is quality for you. So a sort of value for joy. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. <laughs> value for joy. So if if you go to like a mid like the medium like restaurant, a medium quality restaurant, you yeah. hate it. I hate it. But like, yeah, it has to be either really good or it has to be like guilty. Yeah. So like there is a quote, like there is some sort of like formula in your mind about what is quality. Um, let's go back to the 90s. OK, let's go back. Because to the 90s. it's quite important, I think, mm-hmm. uh, how I find myself in this kind of sort of paradox that you described. Yeah. I grew up at a time where or I was a teenager at the time where th- the whole the 80s was behind it finished difficult with difficulty AIDS crisis and so on um, the fall of communism yes it, 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 it felt it felt a little bit like the early 90s felt a little bit like some things have gone too far and they need to be like and the world needs to be more introspective or something like this okay and I grew up at a time where somehow um some journalists decided that what was on offer culture-wise in the 80s was of poor quality. And we now needed good films 
and good music mm. and this, this notion of good you know that it was a very strange kind of they, they weren't telling us what exactly is good mm. but they wanted good um I think good in hindsight. And like there is kitsch there, no? Something like about Yeah, kitsch. I, I, that's what I was going to say. I think in hindsight, good meant not extravagant, really. Right. Meant more introvert, which automatically somehow got translated as deeper and, and mm. more complex. Yeah. Which wasn't the case at all. It was just another type of performance. Yeah. You know, um, instead of bands wearing you know like glitter suddenly bands were looking at the floor yeah as if and they, were, they had like scruffy hair as if that wasn't <laughs> another performance yeah so that was that was that sort of hardship visual hardship was mm. connected with complexity right but wasn't even like they didn't even call it more complex they just said good yeah somehow the 80s was bad And that's the same for films, you said. Of course. It's the golden age of the videotape. And who, oh, right. who doesn't remember the videotape as a, as a terrible thing? Mm. You know? And if you look at the way that most of the 80s is approached, is with a lot of this kind of you know, uh, kitsch cult thing of guilty pleasure and so on. Yeah. Um, as a teenager, I bought this theory. I thought that there was a problem with the 80s, that it mm. was vacuous. Mm. Later, I was like, oh my God, that was such a fraud. <laughs> They lied to us. They really lied to us. Mm. Um, there wasn't a correlation between, you know, I don't know, complexity or depth. Yeah. And, and the 90s versus 80s. There, yeah. there was nothing like this. Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about that. We last have spoken week. about yeah, this. Yeah. this um, so I, I, I ended up having this kind of troubled relationship with quality. And the reason why I'm saying troubled is because yeah. at the same time as being someone who very easily would make fun of people who talk about good films or good music, yeah. as if that's something mean, as if that means something subjectively. Yeah. Um, Objectively, Objectively, sorry. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I am very keen on people who do things with love and care and commitment. intensity and commitment. Goes a little bit to our previous episode about opinion. But it is there is something there for sure. Like the craft, you mean like the... Yeah, not even craft. No. Not even craft. The craft is a tricky... Yeah. Yeah, dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Whether the dedication necessarily produces good things, I don't know. I mean, I think quality is just a very tricky subject. Mm. And I think the more cultural something gets and far away from craft, the, most, the more difficult it is to actually convince about its quality or the more irrelevant the notion of quality becomes. I think when, once craft is, is, is in the picture, so mm. for example, cheese yeah. is a question of craft, Uh, then maybe it becomes a little bit more easy to talk about quality. You know, you're talking about a food that takes a really long time to prepare or has a complex recipe or something like this. Mm. Maybe that is a... But you know what? I think that you've kind of departed from this idea of good versus bad. But what is left 
in your soul from that period of your life is this kind of creating scales of quality for everything based on the context so if we go to a trashy chicken place like chicken like fried chicken place you will have some like notion of good fried chicken versus bad fried chicken so like you create this kind of different tools of um of scaling quality but don't you have good fried chicken versus bad fried chicken you you were telling I don't me really that care you do care you were saying that you know the one that says mm, it tastes better is better <laughs> unless that's it's an like example poetic, of how unless right? that's an example of how you only care about identity really <laughs> and because this this shop said that it's called mm, it tastes better it means that it is better yeah better than what yeah because i like that i like the the poetry but i remember that you were saying that this place had better fried chicken than that place <laughs> yeah i think this this idea was introduced to me into my life by you like for sure 100% this notion that um we can uh, we can assess things so for example in your life before that you thought that everybody everybody in your circle of friends cooks as well as as everybody else i don't even remember that like being a, a question in my mind but like about everything about clothes for example i didn't have a notion that there are some clothes that are better than others yeah what about songs i had the notion that i like some things more than others i'm not saying i was in some sort of like <laughs> you know, like coma, comatose situation. <laughs> but it was not about quality. It was about taste. Yes. I didn't have a notion. And what about uh, research and theory and politics? Was that also about taste? No, but it was not about quality. It was about right versus wrong. That's like, even worse. I know. I didn't say I was a better person. But it was not about like, oh, this is a higher quality like argument. It's like, this is the right argument versus the wrong argument. Mm. So you mean you were a mix of... Totalitarian? And totally relativist. <laughs> yes. An utterly dangerous person. I mean... <laughs>
So, we're back to the ABC of Ita. The ABC of Ita letter With of the week. With a difficult Q. Q. Letter. Thank you for the sound effects. And this introduces the next word of the day, which is queer. Q U E E R. Queer. Uh, queer. Queer. Is this the 90s or what? Come on. Queer. 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 Who's interested in this word any longer? Mm, I don't know. The queers. <laughs> uh, who are they? They're uh, all around us. Are they? I think they are. Uh, like piranha fishes, <laughs> tyrannical fishes, <laughs> um, tyranna fishes. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's very complicated because there are many different uh, entry points to this word. Do Do you think it makes sense to tell tell a little bit about our backgrounds in terms of queer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. When was the first time you, you've encountered this? Word? I encountered the word... Uh, I think I encountered the word in some English-speaking magazines, music mm. magazines in the late 90s. Right. But I didn't really know what it means. The first time I saw the word written was... There, is, there was a song by a band, a grunge band called uh, called garbage and their song was queer but I didn't know what it means and that was like in the mid 90s right. so I, I skipped down to the late 90s where I saw it in some in some magazines that I think I thought it meant quirky something mm. like this mm-hmm. and then the first time I actually understand the political context of it was around 2000 and two maybe or one so before the queer option no it, that was the time where where queer option was happening right. um queer option was a gathering of queer artists and activists activists and artists really yeah you know, that way around and people from around the world mm-hmm. that just gathered in a city um once uh, a year yeah in a different city and kind of did things like organized political causes and and uh, workshops and and lived with each other and, and so on it was like yeah. like about 200 people or something like that it was actually very many people and and uh, there was an assembly and and so on yeah super influential i think it was influential mm. um it was happening in a different place every year the first one i went to although although there was one in london i didn't see the one in london and mm. the first one i went to was in 2003 in berlin right and then I went also to Barcelona and to Amsterdam mm. the years the years after because I, it was very for me it was very eye opening. And why was it eye opening? Because I I, I realized that um, you know there are intersections between uh, uh, gay identity and other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because like because w- up up until then. Um, I my, the closest I experienced to things like that was I had a relationship with someone who was running gay indie clubs. Right. 
which were not bad actually mm-hmm. um it was they were they were fairly complex i would say identity wise yeah. and and far removed to anything that i had seen in greece up until that point of course but they weren't political they were just subcultural yeah but th- that was the thing i think what you describe is like there is the gay scene so you can you come out you go to the gay scene and um it's exciting because there's this space that's like you know you can have fun and you can have sex and you can t- talk about things with people who share something with you right well and and also bef- before even that uh discovering in the early ze- late 90s mm. the both the gay indie scene and also the bear scene yeah was for me really phenomenal because in greece there was you know my uh, idea of w- how to be gay was yeah. it was something extremely limited right so limited that you you cannot even imagine how limited we're talking yeah now. um also like before the, ten the years, internet right the ten year, it's totally before the internet and the 10 years uh, of age difference that, w- that between us is is really crucial yeah i believe that yeah. um and so yeah discovering these things was incredible but Uh, I also wanted something more and and queer offered that kind of more thing. Yeah. Although saying that, I have to say that there's something interesting that despite the fact that I understood a lot of things in this queer option event. Yeah. Um and I understood very much intersectionality and uh, politics of privilege and so on. Mm. Um and safe spaces of course etc. They were I was attracted to very few people and very few people were attracted to me. So I mm. didn't really feel that it was a place for me to sexually experiment that much right. because it did actually have a visual style too. Not as much as it ended up happening let's say in the late zeros in Berlin. Yeah. But you know It was there. It was more about like, you know, talking about politics and less about for 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 gay men to have sex basically. No, but it wasn't even I mean that dichotomy that you mentioned isn't the, isn't what I mean. It was it was it, it was for some other people to have sex right. and not me. I see what you mean. It yeah. was about sex, but it was about sex for people who are more non-binary like, let's say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like it, Like, it yeah. was, you know, you had extra credit if you were non-binary. Yeah, say. of course, of course. Yeah, I, I, you know, and and um, you know, it didn't bother me because I thought, okay. I uh, mean, at the time there was no non-binary anyway, like it was. But I know yeah, what but whatever. Mean. Yeah, I know what because you mean. they didn't call it exactly. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It, it was very much the case, and I'm not sure exactly if there wasn't anyway. I'm not there sure. was gender queer at the time. Anyway, yeah, okay. Um, the it, it didn't bother me because mm. i was like look I, I, as a gay man i have loads of spaces to have sex yeah and you know there are other people who really don't have many spaces and especially safe spaces to mm. have sex so mm. whatever yeah yeah same for me yeah. um yeah and 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 uh, and back then i had no like my relationship with greece was v- very small mm-hmm. very slight and and so i didn't think that something like that existed yeah um and yeah gradually i started having more queer relationships with greece somehow mm-hmm. um that's my story really yeah i mean I'd what about yours i mean my story starts when your story ends basically 
so late zeros um 2008 i arrived to athens and then there are these big riots and and then i somehow get involved in this scene like let's say of queer people so people who are like radical they are like anarchists but they are also gay and this is something that's just happening at the time i'm like so i come out and this scene somehow is like let's say if they started around 2004 it's starting getting some traction in 2008 and some visibility within the anarchist uh, spaces so to me like before i had the time to have the experience of the gay scene i kind of become part of this queer scene let's say like so it's more mixed it's more political it has more of this anarchist aesthetic it's more like squatty it's more like nihilistic it's more like you know burn everything down kind of thing um and also is a bit delusional so i have this delusion that you know anarchy anarchist the anarchist movement is the natural home of the queer <laughs> scene which in the following years i like i i get disillusioned about that like very in very violent in very many violent ways anyway so i guess that's my entry point so it's 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 a bit strange i think it was wrong like not wrong but it was fucked up that i didn't have this kind of oh, gay socialization first uh, i feel like I've, I've missed something and also i i've used this identification to kind of like hide under the carpet all the homophobia that i had so i would be like oh, gay practice is so stupid but actually what i meant is like oh i'm really i'm really terrified to walk in the streets of athens as a gay man basically so there are all these complexities, I think, that in the context of Greece were kind of not really discussed within this kind of... When you were talking, um, something that was interesting for me is that you said um, the queer that is radical, that is anarchist, and actually these are two very different things. Yeah. And 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 I'm not, I'm not saying it, you know, theoretically. I'm talking about my own experience. It's mm. just... Um, of course, in these queer things that I saw in the north of Europe, mostly was in the north of Europe, um, yeah. they were radical. And of course, there were people who described themselves as anarchists or from the autonomous circles or whatever. Mm. But it wasn't like this is an anarchist gathering. <laughs> you know, that wasn't part of the agenda. I think that yeah. somehow is the case of the early queer in Greece mm. because that was as close as it got in terms of the people who spo speak about the, you know, I don't know, capitalism or whatever. So something, in, there is something in the entry point in the Greek queer history that I yeah. think is a little bit m messed up. Yeah, yeah, totally. And also because of that, what you said, also because there is like, okay, like the artist part is missing. The artist part is missing and the pleasure part was and missing the, until very recently. And the, yeah, and the fun part. Because I remember going to, to, to queer gatherings in Europe and also to Istanbul and, and having this really, you know, this intense kind of fun and kind of hedonism aspect. And I remember, I think we, I mean, obviously I'm biased and whatever. It's not historiography. I'm telling my experience. It's like, I don't remember that in Greece. I remember like when we had the, we we would have the queer parties, of course, that they were kind of fun and and exciting, but there was not this keyword, aspect of keyword being kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but there was not this kind of like you know like wholeheartedly like 
um, accepting and celebrating camp and like eccentricity. I don't remember that part. Like mm-hmm. being key. Yeah. So so I mean I mean I guess it goes back to Greece's problem with waves. Like it actually lived through a number of waves altogether. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you in a country where you have queer existing almost <coughs> in the same year yeah. as you have the first gay pride <laughs> there is a problem there exactly yeah there is a problem there yeah, exactly. some, some something happened in in history that can only result in something very postmodern in a bad sense mm-hmm. yeah i don't know um because greece needed years of gay pride before it can have queer but this is not how things happen anyway i mean and that's why it's such a dump now (laughs) um should we talk about the the present should we like do a little fast forward yeah because i think and talk about (laughs) the present loads of uh we need loads of uh, details to fill in everything three years ago we we did a performance called the death of queer yeah if you want to tell our uh, audience what that was I don't even remember. You don't remember. You were I, the only reason I asked you to do it was because you had the microphone. I only <laughs> directed the the way the the, well, the the movement was. It seems like the microphone is not the important part. Well, I mean, I mean, we were organizing back then a sort of queerish festival mm-hmm. with performances and so on, and we wanted to say something about how queer was becoming something else was kind of institutionalized and and also whether it still holds any kind of political value as it used to and so on uh of course we were doing it in a self-described queer sort of festival so it's also ironic and yeah you know and all that but there was something there really like actually i think we emotionally kind of broke away from it Mm. but we didn't completely discontinued from working in that field no i mean there there are many why not okay there are many things here to unpack so one thing is about queer as an aesthetic okay another one is queer as a methodology and queer studies and all this stuff okay and then there is another one that is about identity politics in general. Okay. I'm losing you a little bit. Why do you lose me? Because I thought that the last one would be about queer community. Ah, yeah. And then there, and is that then what you is, wanted to and say? And then really? there is queer community. No, there are more. There are four. <laughs> okay. And which, so that, which, which of those interest you and which don't? So, uh, I was increasingly not interested in queer academia queer theory you know queer studies why oh come on because it was like uh it was as as an academic field was kind of losing its point basically like um what was presented as this really radical and interesting proposition in the early 90s was by the late zeros was actually quite institutionalized tale there was no new theory produced in the field like the last thing was homo nationalist by just Bilpoir, but that was already like you know 10 years old like when we did the death of queer performance mm-hmm. so you know there was like this field was losing its basic point okay and in terms of like aesthetic i was really like over it this kind of edgy berlin queer aesthetic i was like oh 
What do you mean by that? Like hypersexualized and like pseudo kinky, but actually quite puritanical, like black wearing cra- crowd. <laughs> yeah. With you, bits of shaved ha- hair. Yeah, and like colorful hair. Okay, okay. I was like, you know, I mean, I participated. I, I mean, I'm not saying I, I was, I was not enjoying it, but yeah. I was not. And they were hot, some hot people. Exactly. I, I'm just saying I didn't think it was. Oh my god! Did you see that? You know what I mean. It was by the time I was like, okay, whatever. It's, it's another. You know, it's fashion. It's, it's, it's good, but it's not that exciting. Right? Okay. So we go to the last two bits, right? Uh-huh. Queer as a methodology. So this idea that you can have some sort of disrupting idea, that some, some something like that comes, brings this power of like sexual transgression or gender transgression and, and kind of da- like questions structures and stuff like that. Okay. That at the time still find interesting. Maybe even now I find it a bit mm-hmm. interesting. And you connect it, you connect it directly with 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 gender transgression you wouldn't go further to to connect with something else like you don't buy the notion of queer as something to do with strange for example yeah or like embodying embodying some embo- em- embodying trauma or embodying look 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 it's a very simple question yeah a very 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 weird eccentric straight person are they queer I mean, I don't care. Is my answer now? Okay, but just uh, at the time, I would, I would entertain this idea, and I would be interested in this idea. Yeah. So, if you don't care, it means you're not really interested in this methodology. Then you're not interested not in, it, in it as a tool. Actually, n- not really. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in the in the in the notion of transgression, of course. I'm interested in the notion. Yeah, of but the notion of transgression is transgression. But it's to not me, queer. It's, 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 yeah. it's completely right. essentially you're suggesting that you know the word transgression has meaning to you, but the word queer doesn't. Exactly, but you know, like going back to you know cinema of transgression. What's the name? Like uh, yeah, uh, you know, sexuality is part of that. Yeah, discussion. Yeah, but it's not the way to understand every transgression basically it's, it's just a part of it okay so i'm there okay uh back in the 70s and then and then <laughs> yeah great and then and then um and then there is the queer community uh, the last one last but not least mm-hmm. i don't know and there it's difficult it, it is a big a difficult thing you mean you mean what because like you know there are relationships there are active relationships it's not like Oh, I'm an artist and I experiment with things. It's more about like people I know, I love, I fuck, I relate to, I live with. Yeah, but wait a second. What does that mean? I mean, again, there is a there fallacy. Is a, well, a, a queer a queer person is not a necessarily the queer community. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you can still have this meaningful relationships without like trying to find some sort of community that covers all of your needs but maybe yeah maybe the audience would wonder uh, for for the previous three things you told us what your problem is but you haven't told us what's your problem with queer community if you have one i do have one what is your problem then with the queer community i have a problem with this notion that there is a community that is better than the world Uh and that will somehow uh cover your needs protect you uh ah so it's a question of to get of of the of the answer the answered problems by a togetherness of an imaginary that's 
one structural okay, so, problem and which would apply to any community and it also essentially, applies essentially to, yeah and um, the other and the other like cer- certain characteristics of this community that make it different to the other such as uh, there are functions within this community that you know you can find in other communities but are quite more prominent in this community uh, such as kind of the way this community deals with its own traumas and like uh, kind of vilifies people within the community cancels people within the community demand some sort of purity from people who are part of the community um, is not acknowledging the you know the internal problems and when did you come to realize that these are characteristics of a community that until re- previously you were a part of I mean to be honest I've struggled with this early on when I was because I was part of many I was part of many um, actual, how you say, collectives, like queer collectives, and I've encountered these problems early on in my um, belonging there. But for some reason, later on, I kind of, you know, because that's the problem with the queer community. We we tend to always come back because, you know, you get disillusioned, then you go back to the straight world, and it's difficult, and then you go back to the queer community, and you get hurt like again and then it's like a circle i mean uh, a cycle i don't know i don't know if you want to say much more but i want to to, to take it from where where you left it a little bit in terms of the community Mm. for me what has been extremely tricky Mm. is the fact that because it is a community that supposedly in its uh, raison d'etre um prioritizes safe spaces yeah and things that have to do with personal relationships yeah. um i made the mistake mm-hmm. to equate the belonging of someone in the queer community to them being an actual nice person uh-huh this was my the personal is political nemesis i would say in my relationship mm-hmm. with this community mm-hmm. and 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 connecting with it for some years i realized that actually there are very many mean people absolutely Ab- and there is lots of hatred and I'm a lot of hatred and 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 of course you know one could say well why shouldn't it be like this mm-hmm. because all communities have mm-hmm. all kinds of people yeah but as i said that's the tricky bit it's different it's different when you're um you know when the, the 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 main bond of the community mm. for example has to do with the hatred of cops like a, an anarchist community yeah. this is not a supposed love and care community what you see is what you get you get it on the it's you know it's written on the on the packet mm. you know it's about hating the cops it's about this and that yeah but when it is about theoretically about care then you know, there's a problem there. It really confuses people, yeah. and 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 it certainly confused me. Mm. Um, it certainly confused me also in terms of. Uh, it certainly not com- uh, gave me generational blind spots yeah. as well. Yeah, what does that mean? Because I I entered the 
the the well I, I should talk about two different phases in my relationship with the queer community there is the early northern european phase where i considered myself uh you know an apprentice should i say someone who was learning and then there is the second phase which is much more rooted in uh, much more happening in greece mm -hmm. and where i was i happened to be almost always the one of the oldest people in any circle whether that was a project and a, you know sort of assembly or whatever yeah um and then that like i i actually you know because i have this as a, as a 90s kid as a 90s greek uh, greek teenager i have a, i have a trauma of this extremely non-varied gay scene in which i didn't fit yeah and in fact which this kind of not fitting really m made my coming out happen later and so on because i couldn't identify yeah um i had this need to actually feel a part of a of a greek community i think a greek queer community a greek queer community yeah, yeah. A, a, a sort of a sort of greek community you yeah, know yeah, yeah, and yeah. the greek queer community was you know the most anti-greek and appropriate for what i want and sharing references etc and sharing yeah. references and so there i you know i i created this narrative that the new kids are better than mm. the old kids you know that i'm part of a lost generation of 90s um kind of old-fashioned people mm. that didn't have the gift of queer and now the new people have the gift of queer and look isn't it great that they are like this yeah and on, on one hand i'm kind of proud of being brave enough to say that because most people are you know when they're 40 they prefer to just say oh do you remember how much nicer yeah, things yeah, were yeah. but on the other hand it, it did create a number of blind spots in in terms of you know what does it mean to be for example queer and 20 years old yeah <laughs> does it is it the same as being queer and 40 years old exactly and the answer is no what does it mean to be someone who has seen the queer community only from the greek perspective is it the same as having seen it from you know from also the uk german or whatever perspective and it isn't yeah and that's where i started becoming gradually more and more disillusioned actually together with the fact that the queer community was becoming really monstrous online mm. like the it was more frequently about dissing people than actually you know saying oh such and such good oh, thing but that's, happened. that's important i think that's important like okay there is a queer community like people gathering and meeting in like socially and then there is this transition towards the online queer communities mm -hmm. and on one hand and, and would you say only queer or queer feminist online communities i mean there are sub categories I, if we talk about the athenian context like there is a, an overlap of course um but like also like globally like there are networks of people who are like very ostracized in their lives and they find these online spaces where they they get some sense of belonging and like this, 4chan <laughs> like i mean when we talk about queer people i mean mostly we talk about like tumblr and facebook and stuff like that and twitter and stuff like that and, and what else would there be uh 4chan was a joke 
I mean, it's not that. It's not so much. It's not exactly a joke. No, no, because there are LGBT 4chan. Of course, and trans 4chan, and and anyway, there are like dark kinds of beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen Z moments in life. (laughs) And millennial. Um, uh, Actually, it's quite interesting that the 4chan LGBT channels are quite interesting places. As a side note. uh, but I think that was presented as this amazing cultural moment. But it didn't, as with all things social media, it really didn't go as people were expecting it would go. Like, I think the promise was a promise of like acceptance and love and and intercontinental connections and etc. And the result was like really, really not that. I mean, because it's like, um, for me, there is a a real fundamental problem or difficulty with identity politics. Mm. The moment you... Which is the, the last thing we opened, queer, as a part of like a larger kind of intersectionality, identity politics kind of yeah, the, 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 the moment analysis. That, the moment that you centralize so much your personal trauma and mm. your personal experience... It's only a a matter of time until you decide that other people don't understand you or they even want to harm you. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until you start feeling that, uh, you know, a person who is actually very near you but is not exactly the same Mm. as you is not with you. Yeah. And online spaces make it easier to then go all the way of course because you know it's different it's i mean you know first of all there is a lot as we know from the post-structuralists post-structuralists there is a lot in language that is not just you know the words yeah and secondly because you know when you are in an actual space with Mm -hmm. someone it's just different, you know. You can, you know, you can argue, but then you can have a drink, and mm. it, things are not going to be the same. But no, oh no, you're oh, right. Why are you going to say that it's worse? I don't. No, think no, no. I don't worse. think because I've been in assemblies where like really difficult, difficult, difficult issues were brought up, like interpersonal, like severe transgressions and abuse and all these things. You know, difficult, so the most difficult you can get in a in a group of people. Uh-huh. And it's nothing like no. And at the time, I felt like, oh my god, this is so difficult and so hard to process. But it's nothing even close to the experience of like online conflicts and how people write about other people. And basically, like, it's almost murderous. Like the online thing Mm -hmm. is like so so dehumanizing. Um, I haven't seen that in real places where people accuse other people of rape haven't seen the, the the same murderous desire like i haven't to that i have seen when people co- like blaming other people for like saying something mean <laughs> on a facebook comment you know but but um which is to me crazy this is crazy i mean that opens the question <coughs> is queer then eaten by social media has it like lost its battle because of social media um, I mean it had structural problems let's say that were exasperated by um, the new media no my, my, my uh, I didn't my, my question is not really whether queer can continue oh. 
I don't think it can continue. I mean, I it can continue a, without you. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course, it can continue. I mean, you know, it can continue, and uh, you know, good for them. Uh, queer Trump and so on. You know, like um, if they want <laughs> to continue, it can continue. I'm not saying that it's gonna go out of the English language. It's it's just not gonna mean anything. Um, or it might start meaning really terrible things. But my question was not so much that. My question was, is the did queer die because of social media or is it really not a useful tool anymore? Or is there no boundary between those two, between these two questions? Yeah, because there is like there is no life outside of social media right now. What, like we should think of all of our political tools within this context because it's the same with we know. No, but, but the reason why I'm asking is that no. you know black people are black people so black politics are real trans people are trans people trans politics are real queer is not doesn't really mean anything no it's a like kind of is a very abstract umbrella of some kind of identity I see battle. What you mean. but it 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 came to serve a purpose maybe at some point um, to remind some people that the LGBT struggles go back to an intersectional time yeah. and that we should not lose that. And now it has been kind of, you know, it doesn't really mean that even anymore. Mm. So what does it mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer.
ABC of Italy. We're almost uh, finished today. Well, no. we a couple more words. Yes. But, you know, I mean, people have been with us for, for over, years. over an hour and a half. <laughs> for years. <laughs> also for years, yes. And um, this gift of our return, bringing new episodes in this difficult year. Let's call it the COVID gift. The COVID gift. <laughs> you know, the gift. And th- there will probably be another lockdown soon, so people can listen to the podcast while... Well, first of all, they should go back to the previous letters. Oh, uh, yeah. A, you've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G... Etc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, people want fresh content. Fresh content? Yeah, like... Delivered 24-7 by Fita. Speaking of fresh content... Uh-huh. During the quarantine... Another key word. Yes. I consumed a lot of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race content, which brings us to the new word, which is queens. We haven't spoken about drag queens before, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have we? Who knows? Because <laughs> it's been... Uh, I'm just checking. You know what? It was in the long list, but we didn't make it to the short list. We didn't make it to the short okay. list. Because so D had too many options. It had so many options. Queens, we then. talked about dogs. <laughs> Which clearly wasn't <laughs> more important. In decentralization. Okay, okay. Queens then. Oh, drug queens. Okay, it's not... Rather. Let's just say it's a cute thing. I mean, queens in general is like a, a big theme in the gay communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's focus on the drug Leather queens. queens. What Muscle else? queens. Muscle queens. Yeah. Anyway. Urine queens. What was that? Urine queens. <laughs> There's no such thing. The queens of urine. <laughs> <laughs> the Queens of Urine. <laughs> That's a great name, actually, for something. <laughs> they live in a, a kingdom made of crystallized Poopy. piss. Poopy. <laughs> Toilet queens. Toilet queens. Um, <laughs> to poop it. To poop uh, it. Um, uh, no, drag queens. Okay, for me, and I'm doc- I'm not talking about interesting drag queens, whatever, like, whatever. What? Wh- not like avant-garde drag queens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. No, no, no. Like mainstream, like RuPaul's Drag Race queens. Uh-huh. And for me, drag queens are the equivalent of football for straight people. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I watch it. Yeah. I'm passionate about it while it happens. Yeah. I sometimes read the, you know. Reviews? The stats. No, what reviews? Like the... The online discussions, like who is going to win and stuff like that, like the bets. Ah, <laughs> it's really like football. It's completely like football. Um, I don't have some sort of like, you know, intellectual investment. So you're, you're, you're not even, I mean, you're not, because you can, one can watch football because they love the art of football and one can watch Who football. does that? It's true. Oh, fuck off. It's true. The art of football. Oh, fuck off. It's true. There are people who, you know, the, in, in Greek there is this saying of good football. You know. It's the same thing with the quality discussion. Yeah. There are, there are people who actually think that it's, you know, they like to see good football. And then there are people who are like fans. You know what? In, having said that, you know what is interesting? I don't like when one on Drag Race there is an interesting or eccentric or smart drag queen. I don't like. I want the more like, like the beautiful and like uh, kind of I don't know. 
the Why? pageant queens. Maybe it relates back to you being so over queer. I'm so over queer. I'm like, oh yeah, you've read Judith Butler. Okay, who cares? The other girl knows how to make a fucking like Hollywoodian gown. I prefer her. <laughs> and actually, because you said, oh, maybe that's that's a bit like you know, the the politics of it. You know, like and it's usually like you know, working class queens and 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 queens t- like people of color and black queens that bring this kind of like glamour and old fashioned kind of. Uh, queer, uh, not queerness, queenness, and it's like this middle class and new gen and white queens that bring the interesting. The queer like, elements. I, I don't know. I mean, not all the times, but that's something that might be interesting as a framework, if you might. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, from a from a perspective of discussion of avant-gardeness, I totally understand it because it's like if I wanted to see an actual actually interesting drag queen i wouldn't turn on drag rupaul's exactly drag like context hello it's like going on netflix to 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 watch i don't know like a uh, interesting cinema it's like it's not like that right yeah so basically rupaul's drag race is football <laughs> <laughs> If it are, we're back. We have such wonderful words starting from Q. Ha, ha, have we? Are we? We're. Is that our last word for the day? Mm-hmm. No, no, penultimate. Pen, oh, we've got two more. Because mm-hmm. before I said we've got two more, but actually we had three more. Mm. 
So what is our penultimate word for the day? So as I was looking for uh, some Arab philosopher and or poet starting from Q, I didn't find something that I could present, but <laughs> I came up with different uh, Arabic words uh, starting from Q that made it to the Western mainstream. But the biggest one, by a large margin, is Al-Qaeda. <laughs> oh, Al-Qaeda. It's a bit dated. Retro. Retro. Because ISIS came and basically had better branding. They are the, the Gen Z of... Uh, of terrorism. They had like social media. <laughs> they had briefly a stage. Um, they had all these like amazing like beheading videos and all this sh- really splatter kind of content. Yeah. Al Qaeda was a bit more sophisticated. Yes. They had uh, the Twin Towers, which is like, you know. Yeah, that's fairly sophisticated. Quite spectacular. Yes. It's not compared to all the ISIS bullshit, like... No. I mean, it's actually not compared to anything. To really. anything in the history of, like, modern art. Yes. Um. Modern <laughs> art? No. You edgy, edgelord-like Stockhausen saying the same. Um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Stockhausen said that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's, just, it's, just not, it's just not comparable to anything, really, in the history of terrorism. Right. I mean, it's like, whatever. The rest is like whatever. Yeah. It's like there is Twin Towers and then there is, I don't know, ETA. (laughs) 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 IRA. It's like Basque country terrorism. (laughs) 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 So I think because like... Why would we want to have a a segment on our show about Al-Qaeda? First of all, because... um, in this post-queer period, we are embracing our edgelord um, potential. I don't want <laughs> to do that. But second of all, I think because of 9-11, to be honest. I think 9-11 is such a key moment in uh, our lives and in, in, in the cultural history also. Like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about 9-11. No? I don't know what you have to say about 9-11. So I mean, I was even in New York and I know. and I don't and I still don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the event actually. I want to talk about the, the legacy of 9/11. Do you? Yes. I want to talk about the beards. <laughs> oh, the beards. This is a really significant part of the legacy. Like tell us the, about the it. legacy of Al-Qaeda and Bin Laden maybe, Bin but Laden. not but not I mean, not look, 9/11 necessarily. Look. look. Let tell us. Look. Let us not pretend that this sudden interest of hipster, including gay hipster culture, for long beards is utterly, utterly disconnected. So you didn't want to be an edgelord. Yeah. But this is not edgelord. This is actually this is actually cultural complexity. Tell us. I mean, you know, I I grew up at the, I mean, okay, I grew up uh, so much I grew up today. I liked beards mm-hmm. from like kind of always. Why? Why I liked beards sexually? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. It's rarely you don't have an explanation. <clears throat> I think it's because they are um or if we're talking about really old, I think it's because they are a bit like Animally, okay, 
because I th- I think I had a thing for fairies always, mm. and and kind of like coming out as, a, as a fairy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. And I so I so I, I I was you know when I discovered the whole bear thing in in the UK I was like oh I'm really at home in this. But the bear thing had its own codes. Um, mm-hmm. And generally, with the exception of a very, very, very small percentage of lumberjacky types in the middle of the Midwest. Um, the deep Midwest. Yes. The long beard was not at all a thing. Right. Um, beards were generally trimmed. Um, not necessarily very short, but short. Right. So and 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 it, and it, and the same, you know, because I I guess you know that first of all things happen in in gay fashion and yeah. gay culture, and then the hip mainstream kind of takes it on. Yeah, and that has been like since Plato. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the case. <laughs> Can we agree on? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So i remember that when that 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 gay men started wearing beards and then straight men started wearing beards also but they were wearing the what is called the short box the 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 beard that is generally close to the cheeks and the chin yeah and then al-qaeda came (laughs) and suddenly on tv there were these people with the long the long pointy Triangular beards. Hmm. And then suddenly, somehow, a few years later, the hipsters decided that it's a good idea to have these long beards. It didn't really make it that big in the gay scene. No, no. Because I think it's, you know, even, even, I mean, gays have a problem with messiness. Yeah, and being unkept, they want to be like more like like pretty. S- yeah, and so and so, it was too much that whole thing. I had a long beard like that. Yeah, but you are a very messy gay. I'm a messy. You are a person. A kind of, you know, Trump chic gay. Not okay. Donald Trump. Trump. Ah, Trump. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The little Trump. Yeah. Um. So you know you you like uh, that whole look of like loose. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I was getting loads of comments about um, recently. Uh, no, no, when I was having that beard, like people would like it would be a very common opening light on apps, like uh terrorist. See exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you know, why? You know, you're telling me that it's edgy to say something like this, but actually I think it's almost commonplace. Right. Because what would be the other reference? Oh, you look like ZZ Top. Who remembers that? Like (laughs) one band from the 80s who were like these two guys with like long beards. Right, right. It's like, it's not like we have a lot of references for this. Yeah, yeah, true. And so, and so, yeah, I I think there was a, there was a terrorist chic. Mm Mm-hmm. That connected to, to the long beards, and for me that was one of the. Uh, and for me in general, I mean, I don't like the long beards, mm-hmm. but I like the short beards, and 
I like the terrorists usually. I remember in the newspapers, I always was like, oh, so sweet. And then they were like, oh, yeah, he killed like 200 people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but so cute. You know, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I. Yeah. But you, you prefer the Islamic terrorists to the sexually to the. Um, what? The Irish terrorists. Most terrorists, I fancy. Actually, no, come on, the American, like the like the white supremacists. They're like, they're also very very hot. The, but the insult kind of type. They are more like drinking. The, the Norwegian the Norwegian one is super hot, but without a beard. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but you know, it's it's special in his own way. They are all quite hot. What and terrorists? I mean, it's really sad because for for many of them, um. Uh, the reason of their like violent acts is because they cannot get laid and it's like oh come on just like it's just it's marketing it's not it's not your like objective facial structure if only there was a, a service like dating advice for people who are thinking of committing <laughs> crimes against humanity we are we have seriously crossed the edgelord line in this okay, episode. Okay, let's go to a song. Thank you for staying with us all this time. Such a long journey. The long journey of Q. And uh, we'll take one last word so that yeah. we can say goodbye to you. The last word of this 2020 year is uh, quarantine. Quarantine. Whoa. Do you remember what quarantine was before COVID? As a word, I mean. Yeah. 
but you had to like when someone had an inf- inf- infectious disease you had to they, they, they like put him in a box mm. to it's much the same <laughs> but now everyone gets to be in the box you get a box and you get a box and everyone gets a box quarantine they don't call it quarantine they call it lockdown but people call it quarantine in England too? no maybe I'm calling it a quarantine <laughs> but actually it isn't it's difficult how do we feel about ah, this quarantine okay. I have one thing to say so imagine quarantine before the internet would it be possible ah yeah it would be very different wouldn't it I mean first of all you couldn't work and second of all you could you would read books I guess I mean don't say it like there weren't things to do before in the, the house in the house yes you could like build models of like planes and tanks from the for second six world six months War. Well, they take long. No, I would kill myself. 